Welcome back. Welcome back to Pop Opinions. Pop Opinions. Episode 90. I love um, decade ones, like 10. Divisible of 10 ones. I thought you liked the ones when the number is... Oh, consecutive. Yeah. Yeah, like, I like those too. Like 89? Yeah. So like last week? Oh, I didn't say it last week though. No. No. But I'm happy to be 90. I honestly didn't. I didn't think I'm to be at 90. Happy birthday. I thank you. I did not think we were going to do it for this long. I thought it was just going to be like a fun okay and then it would just kind of teeter out but we've really committed and you're always coming up with new ideas and oh yeah do you want to hear the idea that i came up with um because i always just keep a note in my phone um this ideas oh wait unless it's the one i told you oh okay so it's a rotten tomato score game okay so you have to like i don't know i haven't thought about like the specifics but i just saw two people do it where they were like at like a walmart or something and they took two movies out of a bin and tried to get like tried to pick a movie with like a higher rotten oh, tomato score okay okay because it also could be like a guessing game of like here's two movies who has the higher score yeah i think that's a good one which one has the higher score i like that we make it a competition because you and i love competing we do especially when i win okay <laughs> like like last week did you win last week i did a little bit just yeah that might not have aired yet it did. Oh, okay. okay. Guess the movie tagline. Oh, okay. Fine. Yeah, we're very discombobulated right now from the episodes we have planned. And this week we recorded episode 93 before we little, this one. Yeah, we were out of order. We're crazy that way. But at least, you know, there's always going to be content through the whole summer for you guys. So, right? Mm -hmm. And we may or may not have some other things we're planning. Maybe. Maybe, Jack. Case, how you doing? Uh, I'm okay. I got my third dose on Monday. So three, four days ago. So you got convinced to not be an anti-vaxxer anymore? Yeah. Well, I got it because I'm going to Europe and I just feel like the government forced you. No, to do I it. want the extra protect protection. And because it's been three months since we had COVID. So I was like, I'm going to get it. And wow, did it knock me on my ass? It was like. The other two vaccines, I was fine. Like, had a bit of a sore arm, and I felt a little bit kind of off a little bit. This was like, like, I was sick. Like, I was nauseous. I was tired, whatever. But I'm feeling better today. Tired, though? Wow. It took tired to a whole new level. But then I was thinking, too, it could have been a combination of a lot of things. Because I was also Monday out at a field trip. It was very hot. I was in the sun all day. And we were also in this like field of probably everything I'm allergic to. So like I don't think that helped the matter of being in the sun all day around everything I'm allergic to because my allergies actually make me feel like I have a flu. It doesn't it doesn't like I don't get sneezy like other people. Um, so I'm thinking like kind of a combo of all of that. Just it was a hot it was a hot mass. So over here I was like I was barely holding on by thread. I slept more than I like have. I was napping and then still going to bed at uh, early and sleeping all night. I never do that. Right. Must have been like somewhat of a good feeling to like not to be tired, but like to just sleep to know. And also to know that my body was actually doing what it's supposed to do. Cause I started reading, I was like, this is not normal. And everything said it actually is normal. Actually the sicker you are, it's almost better. I was like, really? Because it just means your body is like, has the immunity to, to fighting it off right because the other two times i was like no nah, oh, i was fine this one was like no 
Yeah, no, the, f- the first one, after I got my first one, I went on, we went on a hike. Right. Which you forced me to do. Did I? Yeah. I kind of like that eye. And then. I was like, you're fine. Then the second one was at the cottage. Oh, okay. We, like, drank that day. Yeah, that's always good. I don't remember what I did after the third one. I remember, like, where I got it, but I don't remember doing anything, like, yeah. significant after. Oh, all I'd have sleep, man. Woo. But I'm good. I'm good, you know? I'm ready. I feel like I'm getting ready for my trip. I've got all my outfits picked out. I'm, yeah, I just need a couple more things like luggage and maybe a camera lens. So how are you, Jack? Good. Still getting over whatever because I've tested twice for COVID. Not that. No, just a cold. Cold, but it's definitely lingered. It's like, for me, it's always a cough is always my what always lingers the most yeah so me too. yeah cough a little stuffy but otherwise pretty good good working a lot yeah but making money making some cash i know cash for a lot less work than before i know it is nice eh? for sure good all right let's uh today we've got our imcs which before we said it was going to be killing them softly but now it's actually traffic and Barry. Yeah, sorry, are- we couldn't get killing them softly because it's not available anywhere. Sorry if you can hear our dog. It's actually really so. This this is a situation in this house because there's so many moving pieces. We've got uh, my girlfriend. Well, I don't want to say she's what she's just not in the eyesight of the dog, which yes. is all that matters. Oh no, yeah, she cried this morning. The dog because she went downstairs with dad in the morning. <laughs> And was on the main floor with him when he left. But I was upstairs in bed still because he left at like five or six or something in the morning. And I was still in bed. But she doesn't remember that apparently and then started crying. And then she was looking at me and I was like, I was banging my hands. I was like trying to clap so she would like get out of her trance. And she was looking right at me and still crying. And I was like, you you see me, right? Okay. Wow. Yeah. So she cried this morning, too. Oh, Lord, love a duck. I am. This like, dog. Luckily, her crying after, I guess, Meg had left. Yeah. Woke me up, and it just it gave me time to watch the movie. Oh, there you go. Instead of sleeping until, like, noon. And then trying to, like, cram it in yeah. right before. Yeah. Now I got to, like, safely enjoy, <laughs> pause, you know, drink some water. Nice. Have Good. a nice morning with a very yeah. pleasant movie. Good. So I watched I watched Traffic and you watched Barry. Barry, yes. And then we're going to do top 10 iconic running scenes. Did you get to 10? Uh, yeah. So I have 10. Oh. I didn't put them in a top 10, but I can do it on the fly because i already know what my number one is so i can do it on the fly okay because so. i can i can do it like that you know give me a pencil thank you i'll do it oh wait there's a pen right there i know you like pens i'm a big i think that's a weird debate but like it's not a movie debate but like i love pencils because i like to be able to erase, erase and fix stuff yeah no i like uh yep yep okay good yep go ahead well, oh, I'm, we need to do rock, yeah, paper, scissors? Yeah, IMC traffic and Barry, and then we're doing iconic running scenes. Okay, ready? Rock, rock paper, paper, scissors, scissors shoot. shoot. Rock, rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Ah, he got me. All right. I am going to go first. I feel like you're the one that usually goes first. Yeah. No matter what happens. Okay, in terms sometimes of I just do it based on the movie. Yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna take the ball, and I'm okay. going to go first. My movie's 2000s, or 2000s, or it was like late 
2000 or like December 2000. So then okay. some people said 2001. That doesn't really matter. It's Traffic, directed by Steven Soderbergh. It is an intertwined story involving uh, a Mexican cop taking a stand against the powerful cartels um, uh, like in his community. A Supreme Court justice named the drug czar as his daughter is dealing with a drug problem of her own. And two DEA agents pursue the wife of a jailed drug baron. Wow, that was like that was the mouthful. That was so it's basic. so this movie is twenty two years old. Yeah. Wow, because I was like I don't remember it, but I do remember liking it at the time. But I haven't watched it in I guess twenty two years. So yeah, it's a stacked cast. This I'll go through the list, and it's probably still not enough. Benicio del Toro, Michael Douglas, Catherine Zeta Jones, Dennis Quaid. I realized I didn't even write down uh, Don Cheadle. Uh, Topher Grace, Luis Guzman. There's more. There's uh, a guy from Modern Family that I can't remember. The like dad, like Manny's dad, Benjamin. Something. Oh yeah, Benjamin Bratt. Uh, Clifton Collins Jr. There's Penelope just... Cruz in it. Uh, no, Selma oh, okay. Hayek's in it. For Selma like, Hayek. Okay. For like a minute or okay. two. It even when I looked it up, it said it was like uncredited. Hmm. I'm going to see if I miss Benicio Del Toro, Michael Douglas, Catherine Zeta-Jones, Don Cheadle, uh, Erica Christensen. Oh, like, yeah. I, she was the daughter. I, I didn't really recognize her. She's from Parenthood. Um, James Brolin. Oh, okay. Viola Davis is like a pretty small role. Ben, I was about to say Benjamin Button, Benjamin Bratt. And that's yeah, pretty yeah. much it for like the big names. So the the great thing about this movie is that it's all different stories and they make it very clear pretty much based on i don't want to say location but i guess which part of the story we're talking about like it's all pretty distinct like how it's filmed like color wise so first we get like a taste of each story we beat uh javier benicio del toro and his partner they pull off a drug bust and kind of get recruited for something bigger it's mm-hmm. not really exactly clear uh you meet I think you meet Michael Douglas's like Eric Christensen, like the daughter first, and she's like doing drugs with her boyfriend, Topher Grace. Yep. Um and then yeah, then Don Cheeto and Luis Guzman are the two DEA agents. And again, there's there's the later connection between two of the stories. Um so first I didn't know freebasing, which okay. is like a type doing as a way of doing drugs where it's like kind of like lighting up a spoon but it's like under tin foil and then you inhale it something like oh, that okay. something that i just had never heard of. like i literally googled it because they said it like it was like a common thing right right because i'm just not really a drug expert not up on that no uh then we meet Catherine zeta jones who uh her husband gets arrested which is again part of the rest of the story she's out at like a country club with girlfriends and she's talking about how she's european so she can have red wine even though she's pregnant oh okay and then after some not procedure but like some appointment the doctor was like okay you can have a you can have a glass of red wine and she's like and then i had two right <laughs> woohoo what a what a flex wow fetal alcohol syndrome um so yeah the the screen is very so like michael douglas and like his daughter's story the screen is like very blue 
in Mexico with Benicio del Toro. It's very like orange, I want to okay. say. Like there's okay. almost a tint to it. And then the third story, the Don Cheadle DEA agent is kind of, I don't want to say normal, but it, it's somewhere in between. Okay. So okay. it's not quite blue, but also not quite the like very bright, distinct orange. Right. Kind of right. just like, it's almost like it's the regular part of the movie. Yes. Or regular looking part of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, they mention, um, so Michael Douglas is about to be this drug czar, like who's going to fight the war on drugs, which is James Brolin as his predecessor. And he has to go to this like, party where he has to listen to everybody's ideas about how to fight the war on drugs and i just found it funny that someone was like oh yeah the big pharmaceuticals like you know pfizer ah it's like even 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 that was coming out the year 2000 uh so they actually the way we meet don Cheadle and luis guzman is they are at a storage facility and they catch not necessarily the drug lord but like someone that works for him and it's actually pretty funny. They chase him down and he's in this like kid, like a Chuck E. Cheese pretty much. He's in the ball pit and his foot is sticking out of like the plastic balls. Like that's where he hid. And he's like, Don Cheadle's like, oh, I guess we couldn't find him. <laughs> and then shoots him in the foot. Oh, no. <laughs> and like, come on, if you're going to, if you're going to hide, make sure you're yeah, like, fully submerged. It. Yeah, come on. So they work at this hospital. They meet him in the hospital and negotiate to um, basically like he wants like the other guy wants immunity for giving up his boss. Yes. And they he does eventually give him up, which you later find out is Catherine Zeta-Jones' husband, Mm -hmm. which again, immediately I just love how they slowly connect right stories. yes and it's not that all of them are connected but they all find their way together yes but not all at the same time right there's all little bits and pieces there's no each. like shootout with all three stories together they <laughs> right. just all intertwine in some way yeah like the movie crash yeah but better <laughs> and not just like hey don't be racist yeah racism knock it off um <laughs> So the uh, oh yeah, so Michael Douglas has to listen to everybody's ideas about the the war on drugs, and he's just and they he has like this assistant kind of that's telling him about you know it's a part of the process and you just kind of have to do it and you just see him slowly and then he walks up and he's like can I get a scotch and soda I'm like I'm surprised because even two minutes of this like compilation of people talking about it, I'm like I would have just gone straight scotch right a soda is just <laughs> being waste polite. of time yeah, yeah. um. So the Mexican cops, they have to meet with uh, this, like, killer. But they do a, like, cool, subtle way of doing it where they're at a bar and you're thinking, okay, this is just, like, you're going to get some character development or you're just going to get to meet the characters a little more. And he goes to the bar and it's uh, Clifton Collins Jr., who they call Frankie Flowers. Okay. And Benicio Del Toro goes up to the bar and he's like, can I get a Budweiser? And he has a pack of cigarettes and I think I think it was a condom in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess to attract a mate, which right. Clifton Collins is like, oh, can I have a cigarette? And they're kind of like flirty. And then they just like, kid- not you don't see him get kidnapped, which is kind of cool. He's just like, oh, can I have a cigarette? And he lights it. And then it's the next time. I don't know if it's necessarily the next scene, but the next time you see them, he has like a thing over his head and they're driving him right. because he's this important person. Um, 
So then we go back to the kid. The kids and the drugs are just insane. This one girl pours, like, it's either tequila or light rum. It does not matter. She pours it into the bong. Oh. And I was like, that's just, that doesn't do anything. It's not just a waste. It's just gross. Yeah. Then you're just going to have like, residue alcohol. Yeah. I, did, I wonder, I, she didn't drink it, but oh, okay. that is what I was thinking was the purpose of Honestly, it. Honestly, I'm going to say hoping for, because, like, I hope those kids are that dumb. Right. <laughs> um, and they are really dumb. They're having what they think is some like introspective conversation about like social class and stuff. And they're just drunk and high. Yeah. And one kid is like, you could see he's like kind of sweating and you're like, oh, he's just high, whatever. And no one's worried until he just crashes to the floor. He overdoses. And their idea is, all right, let's just dump him out in front of a hospital. Yeah. In, like, suburban area. Like, they're all, like, private school kids. And they throw the body. They're all, like, not, like, incapacitated, but definitely shouldn't be driving or anything. Yeah. But they wouldn't have had enough time to call an ambulance. Then they would have gotten in trouble. So, just... We'll just dump them. Just dump them in front of the hospital. As soon as they get back in the car, there's just a cop car right there. (laughs) Who, clearly, I wish it was characters we would have known. Because, I guess then, it would have made it maybe a little too funny. But, like, as soon as they get back in the car, the cop car pulls up, lights on and everything, and they all get arrested. Yeah. Because they just saw them dump. Dump a body. In. And the kid, I am pretty sure the kid died. They didn't, oh, okay. They didn't really mention it. Like, like, it wasn't a main character. Yeah, yeah. Um, get overdoses. Uh, so then we get our first connection to, like, the DEA, Don Cheadle, and Catherine Zeta-Jones, which is the... Like Don Cheadle, Luis Guzman arrest the guy. He gives up the boss, Catherine Zeta-Jones' husband. husband. So that's kind of the okay. first like Connect- concrete connection between stories. Got it. Um, and then she finds out her husband's a drug smuggler from Dennis Quaid, who's his business partner. And you don't really know what business they're in until he turns up the music really loud, which also Dennis Quaid way too, or I guess because they were in a legal business he's very prepared he's like don't talk about anything don't talk on the phone don't do this don't do that and the only way he tells her is playing music turning it up really loud and just whispering into her ear he illegally smuggles drugs into the country right which don Cheadle and Luis guzman they're sitting outside in a van trying to listen in because they have the house bugs. yes but they can't hear they cannot hear anything uh then you see viola davis she's a social worker in this again like two-minute role and it's just her talking to erica christensen about you know you in school this that trying to not even work with her it just kind of becomes a pointless scene there's no there's no reason for it not really anything outside of she's a straight a student and extracurriculars but she's also doing drugs right as as every kid does (laughs) um so then uh, Michael Douglas, I can't remember who his wife is, but they have a. There's a lot of characters in this, so this yeah. might sound like a lot. I'm just kind of throwing out there. Um, they sit down with the daughter. They talk to her to try to figure out what happened. She's like, "It wasn't any of my drugs. I, I, I don't really do that." Mm-hmm. And this is, I'm very proud of this movie for this moment because she walks away and they both go, "I don't believe her." Good, yeah. But the only argument they have is, "What do you do?" Because the wife mm-hmm. is saying. Well, she was in jail for the night. Isn't that punishment enough? And Michael Douglas is saying, no, like, we have to do something about this. Yeah. Which they do nothing. Right. And just kind of 
not enable it, but they just they let it happen. The mom knew that she was doing drugs for six months. Oh, wow. And, and didn't say anything. Didn't say anything and probably wasn't going to tell him, but... Yeah, but then got caught. Kind of a part of the lie. Um, so we have uh, Michael Douglas and Benicio Del Toro. We have a connection there, and it's... Uh, Michael Douglas is in some meeting and he's talking about the drug cartels in Mexico and he's talking about there's a, the brothers and the Juarez cartel. So he mentions it. So that's again, our another connection between two of the stories. Right. Um, uh, Benicio del Toro is really unhappy. His partner is trying to do the right thing. And in his mind, the right thing is he's getting all this information from the guy that they it's a general who you think is position of power and like a good guy really not he's working with the cartel and the only reason why he wants he's specifically mentioning the other it's like the oberon or something brothers and you realize the only reason why he's helping them to try to take down that cartel is so that his cartel can be like number one number one or, have more power right. and control more yeah and then these random guys just approach Benicio and say, you know, we heard we heard you're unhappy and like slip him this card. And he's just eating. And it's actually pretty cool. He's just like eating like a burrito or taco or something. And he just kind of slides or lifts his plate and slides it on top of this like note and slides it back over. Just kind of being inconspicuous. Mm -hmm. um, then we meet Salma Hayek, who, again, is in it for like another two minutes of just. They're driving her to this house, and you—that's when you learn that the opposing, or no, the there was a third drug cartel, and they thought the leader was dead. Right. And Benicio del Toro's partner walked in and, and like saw him in this beautiful mansion, so he's still alive, and you still don't know at that point. At that point, it's still three different cartels. Yeah. Um. They, they have a really good uh, Michael Douglas finds his daughter's drugs mm -hmm. and she had already done the drugs. So she was already like or she was like in the middle of doing it. So as he's like searching, where is it? You can see it. And it's a great scene of like her slowly like getting high, oh, like or okay. kicking in like in front of him. Yeah. Oh, OK. And then he's like searching everywhere. And then so she has like a pretty like normal bathroom. She's got like a like cabinet. And all her drugs are on top of the cabinet. And I swear Michael Douglas, he looks in the toilet first, which I guess maybe you thought she flushed it. Right. And then looks everywhere, but then eventually finds the top of the cabinet where, like, everything is. So he takes it all down, like, throws it on the ground. And again, not like nothing happens, but that's just, it's just more of, like, a tension scene between them. Yeah. Um, well, because then I guess it's like she's caught. Like it's you're not just holding it for a friend or whatever yeah. lame excuse you were saying. You lied, right? Yeah, and almost basically saw her do it. Yeah, like she was in the middle of doing it, and he's trying to break down the door. Uh, so because Benicio del Toro is unhappy, that note card he got was from I don't know if it was necessarily DEA, but it was U.S. agents. So he comes over to the states to meet with them. They meet in this parking garage, and they're like, "Get in our car." They chat everyone, make sure they're all safe. And he's like, okay, let's, let's go to this place. And he's like, no, I don't, I don't want to go there. They're like, why? He's like, it's not safe. I know where to go. And they go to like a pool, 
like oh. a public pool. <laughs> like a swimming pool? Yeah. And just like have this like. Oh my God, that's amazing. Very intense conversation in the water too. They couldn't oh, okay. just be at the pool. They're in, the, in water the water. Talking about this like drug, the drug cartels and stuff. That's amazing. Um. Then, so then because Don Cheadle and Luis Guzman are watching Catherine Zeta-Jones, eventually she catches on and like comes to the van and like ev- they're freaking out they're like uh she's walking up here like what do we do and they're like well you have to acknowledge in some way so he kind of opens the opens the door and he's like hi can can i help you and she's like do, do you guys want some lemonade and like hands it over to them and you're like wow because she's slowly realizing that because she has this nice mansion she has all of this stuff is because her husband's a drug smuggler so she thinks if he's in prison I'm just going to take over the business. Right. I'm going to keep it. I'm going to keep it running. Um, so then uh, Michael Douglas, and it's cool to see, again, the color part of it. Michael Douglas goes to Mexico to meet with the general. Obviously, he doesn't know he's a part of the cartel. And <clears throat> asks him about what do you do about people that have addictions? Mm-hmm. And he says, well, you know, addicts, they, they deal with themselves. Either they get clean or they die. Right. Either way, it's it's fixed. Yeah. Like to him, it, it doesn't make a big deal because Michael. There's Douglas, nothing you can do. Yeah, basically. no. It's yeah. just it's up to them. It's up to them. Which makes him panic, and he tries to go on like a vigilante, not phase, but he he's, he's trying to find his daughter and get her out of this life. Totally. Like he walks into Topher Grace's class. And the teacher's like, hey, what are you doing? And he just, like, picks him up and he's like, yeah, he has to go on a field trip. Oh. It's a very corny line, but also kind of worked because the teacher didn't do anything. Like, no one does anything. He just takes this kid and walks out of class. Wow. (laughs) And takes him to, like, the drug dealer's house. And um, he's, like, demanding to see his daughter. Then the guy comes out with a gun and points at both of them. And he's like, get out of here. Like, he's screaming at them. He's like, get out of here. And he looks at Topher and he's like, don't ever do this again. Right. Like, bring some random person. Because at one point the daughter was there but who yeah. knows where she were who where she was at that point um she she is at aa and she escapes and no one like they're in like a forest right and she just like runs away see ya and no one stops her and then uh she's actually at the drug dealer's house and before her dad shows or not before but at some other point before chance of doing heroin Ooh. so we really up to the next good. level and does it in her foot too which really that wow. gave me the heebie-jeebies <laughs> um so then you kind of see everything has built and it's about an hour and a half of building which for a two and a half hour movie you're thinking wow that's a lot but you just kind of get to know all these stories so well and it is i don't want to say confusing it's definitely not a movie you can kind of just put on you really have to pay attention right. to what's going on. And from start to finish kind of thing. Yeah, to all the different stories because then I'm not going to get specific. There's a car bombing. There's uh, someone that gets like executed. Um, funny enough, uh, Catherine Zeta-Jones goes to Mexico to meet with... Um, the general? Not the oh, general. Um, the other Benjamin Bratt. Okay. Or whoever, like the guy from Modern Family because they're, they were... Uh, he was a partner with her husband and she kind of tries to strong arm the situation. And as she's in Mexico, uh, Catherine Zeta-Jones and Benicio del Toro, who their, their stories aren't connected, but they just walk right past uh, each other. It's one of those c- cool little touches. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
Uh, what else do we got? Um, oh, the they showed uh, the border of like U.S. and Mexico, and going into Mexico, there's like no guards. There's nothing. You just drive right through, and then on the U.S. coming into the U.S., there's guards and there's a lineup of traffic. Right. That's like in. Sorry, I'll just cut in for two seconds. Remember in um, where the Millers when they get into Mexico and they're like congratulations you just snuck into Mexico like yeah. like that was really hard like not that much of an accomplishment <laughs> right uh when uh Topher and Michael Douglas go to the drug dealer Topher Grace has this hilarious speech which again he think the character that thinks he's introspective and has all this amazing stuff to talk about and he's like you know if they uh put a bunch of black people in white neighborhoods you know, all, everyone in those neighborhoods would start selling drugs. Oh, okay. You'd make like $500 a day. Do you think people would still go to law school? And he was trying to talk about like the psyche of a black person because white people always like come up to them in like quote unquote the hood and okay. ask them for drugs. And it's just like that didn't make any sense. Mm. But it was so good for like the character. Of like, just kind of who he was. It really, it really did fit. Um, I was trying to, so the, uh, there is, I feel like I haven't said it specifically enough, so I could say there is an informant who is involved, or they want him to be involved in one of those other murders gets killed in another way, mm-hmm. which I'll, I'll leave that one vague. Um, Catherine Zeta-Jones' husband, uh, his case gets dismissed oh. for some unforeseen mm-hmm. for circumstances. Suspicious. Uh, then Michael Douglas has this speech at the White House about the war on drugs, and he just like... And apparently it was beautifully written and he kind of has the speech going. And then he realizes that like the war on drugs involves his family right now. And he kind of starts talking about his family and then kind of mumbles off and then just storms off. Mm. And that's kind of the end of their story. Uh, Don Cheadle's very upset about something else that had happened earlier in the movie. And uh, once Catherine Zeta-Jones husband gets home, uh, they're having this like party and he bursts in and he's like, you know, you did this, you did that, accusing them of all this stuff and gets tackled by security and you would love this move because he still needs to get information on them. He gets like tackled to the ground and as he's getting up because there's like a there's like a desk that they kind of are always at or working at, talking at, and he puts like a bug yes. in the desk and it's like his whole plan, he's freaking out and the security guards are walking him out and he's like shoving them and it's kind of almost like a... Uh, usual suspects moment when right. he's walking away knowing that he could most likely like he's most likely gotten them yeah yeah if they talk, start talking. talking talk openly yeah and then it's kind of cool because it doesn't wrap up every story like that's just the end of that story right right like he just walks away and Cause they leave it up to you or are they right yeah. um I don't want to say what happens to the I wrote it down that something happens to another character but I'm gonna leave that out and then uh, Michael Douglas's daughter is at like NA, like Narcotics Anonymous or something like that, gives a speech and like looks full and healthy again. Okay. And then it's actually a pretty cool moment where the guy like running it says, oh, like the parents, do you guys want to say anything? He's like, uh, we were here to like here to help our daughter here for this and that. And he goes, and we're here to listen mm. like to the rest of the stories. Nice. Which was really nice. Oh, that is good uh so yeah that's pretty much the end of the movie okay again a lot happens in that 
Did middle anybody to end point. win an Oscar? I feel like I'm very happy you asked. Oh, okay, great. In 2000 or 2001, whatever year, uh, nominated for Best Picture, mm. did not win. Okay, that was Gladiator. Oh, okay. Could mm. argue. I would probably argue for this movie nice. now. Nice. Watch okay. it, having watched both of them. Okay. Uh, that was the only movie that it was nominated for and didn't win. Oh, okay. It won Best Director, Steven Soderbergh. <gasps> Love him. Best Supporting Actor, Benicio Del Toro, which I would even argue he's... he's a, a main character? Yeah. I guess when you have that big of an ensemble. It's kind of all supporting. It's almost like the category fitting, because he probably... I don't know who... I probably would have been like Russell Crowe or Joaquin Phoenix Yeah. in that main category, so he probably wouldn't have won that. So you're thinking he's an overqualified supporting actor. Gotcha. That's a good way to say it, for sure. Uh, adapted screenplay and film editing. Okay. Also one adapted for those. screenplay. I wonder if it's from a, I th- a book or something. Wanna s- I, I know it was something of the same name or a similar name. Uh, well, it's Traffic, but with a K at okay. the end. Uh, 1989 British television serial. Oh, okay. So okay. based off something adapted to something a little more, well, modern for 2000 yeah and for the u.s for sure well good so you enjoyed it loved it good you have to add that to your 10 right yeah i haven't been keeping track i don't know when that is but uh i think it's when like the first week we get back okay when we're like back from everything around (laughs) there anyway excellent well i'm glad okay so my turn since i lost um, so I watched the movie Barry, which is on Netflix, everyone, and it is from 2016, directed by Vikram Gandhi. Um, and it's is about Barack Obama. I was very confused why it was called Barry. And then once you get to know it, it's because this was about Barack Obama arriving in New York in the fall of 1981 for his junior year, junior year at Columbia University, and he went by the name Barry because people told him people will not say the name Brock and so he went by the name Barry and it really um what first of all the guy who plays Brock it's Devin Terrell it is uncanning his voice like it is the same cadence it's the same it's just it's uncanny to me like if you closed your eyes you would be like there is Barack Obama speaking so that was pretty cool um this really shows like he's a really quiet always has a cigarette in his hand he's reading he's thinking it's just like a young man on his self-discovery this is when we're kind of like he hates politics at this time and he's like nothing will ever change and he didn't you know and then this is where he kind of starts like learning about himself um he struggles with like his purpose and his identity because he comes from like he doesn't really fit in the black community and he doesn't really fit in the white community um, because he is a, of mixed race. So he's struggling of like, where do I fit in though? And so it was just kind of a movie showing us like, kind of like, I want to say his struggles, but it didn't really, it didn't ever feel heavy in that way. Like it just felt like, I don't know, like just watching him kind like of coming go, of age. yeah, like just going through it. But I never felt like, like, uh, you know, I don't know this like internal, like watching it. I just, it felt very easy and very, like a very breezy, easy kind of movie to watch. Um, so he was raised by his white mother and he doesn't have a relationship with his dad. He'd only met him once. 
And so they really show his like, you know, growing up without a father and like trying to have a relationship with his dad. And what does that look like? And throughout the movie, he's starting to write a letter always to him. And then he will stop because he doesn't like, what do you say to kind of a man you, you don't know? Um, we see his love of basketball. It starts very, very, uh, like that's, he's on the basketball court quite a bit. And that's where he's like kind of with the, his, his black like friends, kind of friends, they're more of acquaintances. And that's where, you know, they kind of make fun of him cause he's always reading and he's just, he's more introspective. Like he's not, uh, you know, I don't know. These guys are kind of obnoxious and stuff like that. Right. And he's just not like that. Um, then he has this white girlfriend played by Anna Taylor joy. Oh my God. I saved Jones. I was supposed to say Jones and I'm like, that's not right. Isn't it? Is Anna. It? Oh, I thought Anya. Anya, Anya Taylor joy. Mm-hmm. And, um, so she plays Charlotte and she, she really loves him and she tries to connect to him in a way of like, it's, it's kind of sad. Like I get it because she's like, she takes him out to eat and she tries to go to black communities and she's trying. And then she'll say like, Oh, I know about that. Cause I was in Kenya for five days and she'll make comments like that. And it's like, he, he gets really like, okay, you don't know, but she's trying. So it's like, it's hard. I see kind of the struggle of both sides. Um, and then Um, so they, so they're going out and everything's fine. And then they kind of have a bit of a falling out and he ends up going with his friend to this, um, government housing and his, his friend, this government housing is, it's gross. Like it's dirty. It's, it's all falling apart. And at one point his friend PJ says to him, this is what the government did to us. And, um, It was like one of those lines that it was subtle. Like it wasn't like an in your face, whatever. Like they weren't always like black community, black. It wasn't like that, but it was one of those lines that it just stuck. And then they just carried on. It wasn't like we stayed in that area. They, then they went partying and stuff like that. But it was just interesting to see of, I think that's where his wheels start turning of like, what do you mean? This is how we're, you know, like, you know, something should be done. And he was kind of like, he's a fixer. He wanted to fix and stuff like that. Right. And then like, we see a lot of in the classroom, you know, there's like this, he's got this uh, white friend who says, um, says something about like, why is it always about slavery and stuff? So there's these comments that are made and it's just interesting to see how he kind of reacts to it and how just, there was still some work that needed to be done. Um, so that his his breaking point, like you can just see his real struggle throughout this whole movie, and his breaking point is he's at this wedding with Charlotte, his girlfriend, and his and obviously it's very it's a very white. Uh, they're at this country club type thing, very fancy, and he kind of walks away from them. They're all taking pictures, and he walks away, and then he's at this bar, and it's like these two black guys behind the bar. And he's trying to talk to them, but they're constantly like, well, sir and sir. And he's just like, you can tell he just wants to like chat. Like, I'm not above you. I just want to talk to you guys. And then he doesn't fit in really in the wedding. And you can this like it's moments like that in this movie. It's it's very subtle. But I really picked up on how they're trying to show us like he's this is how this is why he's struggling because he's trying to like. You know, he's like, oh, what's your night? Like, he's trying to talk to them. And they're like, oh, sir, you know, like all this. And he's just like, hey, I'm just, I just want to talk to you guys. 
So then the mom comes over and she's like, oh, I have someone we have to introduce you to. And we were so excited. You're going to love them. And it is the the one black couple with an Asian wife. And so they sit down. And I think at that point, he's just like, I got to go. And he kind of walks out and he starts writing his letter to his dad. And it's not a spoiler because it's just he's writing a letter to his dad, um, which who unfortunately had passed away. But I think he was writing to just like let go of everything he was feeling towards his dad and stuff like that. So I, that's all I kind of wrote. Cause it is just really, it's just kind of, it's, it's a, I wouldn't say it's a slow moving. It's not, it keeps you very engaged. It's um, really well done. He's incredible, but it just really shows us kind of the man before the president and just like him and like Columbia university. Is is I felt like there was when I when I remember watching it. Is there not Michelle? Is Michelle not in it? Nothing, not even mentioned. Uh, I thought that I just remember something about like oh I want to take you on a date or something. Unless maybe that was another movie that it was mentioned. Yeah, no, not this. She wasn't at all. This was his first. So then, maybe I did a little research and like Charlotte is like a like it's obviously like this was true story. Like I was like, is this made up? But it is. Charlotte was very true. In everything I read, it did say they were engaged. They weren't in the movie, though, mm-hmm. um, ever. Um, but they were apparently engaged in this. And, yeah, I don't know. It's, I just found it interesting. But it was, yeah, it was a really good movie. I really liked it. It had a very nice, like, rhythm to it, which I really enjoyed. So, yeah. Nice. Barry. Nice. Netflix oh, by thing. the end, he goes, by Brock. That's the ending. <laughs> That's He's good. like... And my name is Brock. So. And he's going to be a fixer. He's going to try. <laughs> Boy, did he try. Uh, yeah. Also, I forgot to mention traffic is uh, Amazon Prime. Okay. Perfect. That's where people can watch it. Um, not the delivery service. Like the no. video. <laughs> you can't get the movie delivered. You can't get it? No. I also don't think you'd want it delivered because there'd be a lot of death and drugs. Right. Yes. Heroin. Heroin. All right, let's get into these top 10 iconic running scenes. So fun. I wonder how many we have the same. I'm going to say four. Oh, oh, I like it. Specific prediction. I love it. Um, I have some honorable mentions and they're TV. So I did all movies, but then I had a couple TV that I had to throw in there. So um, Game of Thrones, Rickon. Yep. Yeah. Running. Ran straight. Just run. Don't run. Yeah, just run in a straight line so that they can pick you off with the bone arrows. Um, We watch a show called FBI. There is, we call it the runner in every episode. You know, when the person says, hi, it's the FBI, and they run. We're like, we got a runner. Do they always say it? No, we say it. Dad and I always say, here's our runner, because I don't know why, because they always get caught. And my last honorable mention is Phoebe and friends when Jennifer Aniston is like, or Rachel's characters like come running with me and Phoebe runs like crazy. Like she runs like her arms all out at the side and she runs like not in a straight line and she's all crazy. Anyways, it was really funny. And she's like, Rachel's like, I can't run with her. It's so embarrassing. (laughs) Those are my honorable mentions. Nice. Do you have any honorable mentions? I don't. I just. Oh, I got you to, always do. I actually struggled to get to 10. Yeah, I did too. <laughs> it wasn't as easy. Only because like the just, yeah, I don't know. You just want the one. There's just like one, right? 
I which feel, I feel like our number ones are going to be the same. I, I wonder. Like, it depends on the category, like how categorically you think of like running, which one is more important. Oh, okay. I see. Yeah, I did mine more general, but okay. Uh, I know what you're saying. My number 10 okay. is a movie I watched last week. Nice. Whiplash. Nice. Gets Miles Teller gets in a car crash. <laughs> bloody everywhere but he has to go play these drums yeah so he just incoherently runs to get to the performance nice yeah my number 10 is in time a lot of people did not like this movie olivia wilde and justin timberlake are trying to run to each other because he has it's everything's based on your time of your like on your watch right it's not a watch it's, it's more like, like on your it's, it's like permanently your on your arm um, but you can add time into it. And then he got given time, but she was running out. So they were running together. Anyways. Well, because, yeah, it's also it. it's a great concept. And it wasn't well executed, but I did really love the concept. I would call it a guilty pleasure movie because like, yeah, I enjoyed it. Like it, it was good. Like it the concept is cool. But it one was just, I would watch again, though, you wouldn't watch it again. Um, I don't think so. To me, I feel like it's been enough time since I've watched it. The, the scene where they're running together is pretty intense because you're like, is she going to make it? Which we won't say if it does, because that might ruin it if you want to watch the movie. But is she going to make it so that he can give her time? And and there's certain times in movies you're like, well, they're not going to do this. And then sometimes they surprise you. Yeah, it's also uh, a universe where like you stop aging. So like yes. Olivia Wilde is Justin Timberlake's mom. Yes. And they look like they're like two years apart. They probably were when they filmed it too, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it is, yeah. It's Anyways, when they're running towards each other, you just feel the intensity. Like they have to get to each other. Like they just have to, right? And so it's mostly her, actually. I think she did a really good job running. Like her face, everything was pretty like, I got to get to you. Anyways, that's my number 10. Uh, my number nine. We're going to go Indiana Jones, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yes. The classic, the boulder scene. Boulder scene. Uh, I was about to say, not Giancarlo Esposito. Alfred Molina is in that scene for some reason. Isn't that the one we watched? Yeah, it might have been, yeah. Uh, Yeah, because I'm pretty sure there was two Indiana Jones that we did end up watching for that top 100. But, you know, you got to outrun a boulder. Yes. It's pretty cool. Yeah. My number nine is Run, Lola, Run. I don't know if you've ever seen this movie. I see I hadn't seen this movie but when I was doing research I kept seeing it and I was like why do I know this and I didn't even talk about it my girlfriend watched this in like school yeah for like a film class and I was like oh god that's why I remember it but like the whole movie is literally just her running so it's like the time resets and so she has to get this like bag of money to save her boyfriend but the time like it oh it resets and it's almost like it it's like three different scenarios but yeah she is running a lot but it's actually a really good movie i really liked Isn't it. it really short to like under an hour or no it's yeah maybe even an hour because it's like 15 minute 20 minute intervals maybe an hour 15 yeah it's pretty short and it is a good movie i really liked her in it so i can't remember her name but it's good lola lola uh my number eight is from pirates of the caribbean dead man's chest right 
uh, if you're <laughs> on any social media, people love to recreate the Jack Sparrow run, where yeah. kind of similar to the Phoebe, where it's right, just kind of it, arms are everywhere. He's like his no limb looks like it's really attached to his body. His arms are like even really his high. like I feel like his legs are out front instead of behind or something, or it's like right. But uh, specifically, and it's so well shot, he's like running away from a bunch of whatever it could be zombies, Pirates of the Caribbean, who knows what they're doing. And he's just running on a beach and they do a great, like there's two great shots. There's one where it's just kind of like a side angle of you see him run through the frame, then you see everybody else. And then there's the shot of like his, like the front of him and you could just see everybody chasing him. (laughs) Right. And the internet loves the Jack Sparrow run. Always. Love it. Number eight. Uh, my number eight is Forrest Gump. I don't know how. Run, Forrest, run. I don't know. There's a lot of running in that there movie. There is a lot of running. So there's the one scene where he's a kid and his braces, uh, the brace on his legs fall off and he's running. And then there's the time when um, his girlfriend doesn't want him and he just runs for like three years straight. So there's a lot of running in that. So And it's run, Forrest, run. Yeah. I, have, uh, I mean, not that I have that much more to add, but I have it right. a bit higher. bit higher, yeah. Uh, number seven, I have Reservoir Dogs. Okay. Mr. Pink, Steve Buscemi, running from the cops. Not very athletic. It's just more like it's well shot where, again, it's side angles of him running through frame. Cops are chasing him and everyone's screaming, get out of the way, get the fuck out of the way. And, like, that's when he steals the car. Like, he rips a woman, like, out of, out the, of the car. window. Yeah. Um, it's also just, like, one of those se- chase scenes where... nobody is like athletic like nobody's running well (laughs) but you're running and it's and it's also funny because the way how they do that movie is characters get to a point and then explain how they got to that point so that's steve buscemi i think he's telling harvey keitel about what happened right right yeah and then i was running yeah uh so yeah that's our number seven my number seven is ferris bueller's day off do you have that? I do, but I'm going to tell you it's a lot a higher. A lot higher than that. Yeah. So he's trying to beat his parents home. So it's just like the way he runs through, he grabs like a hot dog <laughs> or a drink or something in the backyards and he's on trampoline. I don't know. He's just trying to run and beat his beat his parents home. So it's my number seven. Uh, number six, I have got Captain America. Okay. Captain America, the first Avenger. It's right after he gets the serum and the i was about to say the nazis not the hydra hydra kind of breaks in blows stuff up shoots some people and he's chasing down this hydra person and that's when he kind of discovers doesn't have shoes on and he just he discovers what his abilities are which includes just running for as long as you possibly can without getting tired and as fast as possible yeah on your left (laughs) oh that is a good one i know i don't know why i didn't say that one i didn't say it either it's like one of my favorite movies on your left yeah, because it, well, it, yeah, it is a running scene. It is a running they scene. They are running. Yeah, and it comes up like kind of where on your left. Um, my number six is Stand by Me. So they're on. If anybody hasn't seen this movie, like shame on you because it's a classic. Not shame. No, okay, not shame. But you watch it, childhood or maybe not childhood, but it's a classic. It is a classic. Um, so these four boys are going to see a dead body and they're on an adventure and they, they get to this like bridge train tracks. So they have to cross, but it's all train tracks. 
So, of course, they're like, I don't think a train's coming, so let's go. And then halfway through, of course, this train is coming. So two of them make it across, like, pretty easily. And then it's the other two. And the way it's shot is that train, that big – and it's, like, the big black, you know, how it used to be. Yeah, with the – whatever that is. And the steam coming out. And it's, like – it just looks – whistle. Yeah. And so – and they're running, and you're just thinking one of them's going to fall, one of them's going to fall. Or get hit. Yeah. So it's them running on the train tracks. It's always funny that Jerry O'Connell is the fat kid. I know. I know. It's so funny. I would not know that was him. If I like. No. Like if I were to watch it, I wouldn't be like, oh, that's Jerry. O'Connell. Obviously, that's Jerry O'Connell. He looks very different as an adult. Yeah. Not, not even because of weight, but just like his face. Yeah. He's very different. Yeah, for sure. Uh, my number five. This is where this is where I really struggled. Ten through six. I found pretty easy. Five, I did train spotting. Okay, so yeah. So it's the opening scene. Yeah. And it's kind of your moment to learn about the character. Or not even learn, but they're just, they're running. And you realize very quickly that they're running from the cops. Yeah. And that they're running from the cops for a, re- for a reason. Yes. Because they're druggies. Druggies. Good old train spotting. Uh, my number five is Britney Runs a Marathon. Uh, this is a great movie. Very underrated movie, actually, I would say. And it's just about... This girl who's, you know, not happy with like her weight and her fitness ability. And then she slowly starts running and it's a comedy, but it also has got some serious moments in it. And as um, it's a it's a really sweet, sweet movie. And in the end, she does run like a marathon, but I won't tell you if she finishes it or not. You have to watch the movie. OK, there you go. Uh, my number four is Forrest Gump. Run yeah. Forest Run. Yeah. I I would say specifically as cool as the like him running across the country is cool. The scene where he has his leg braces on and they're chasing him down and the leg braces break off and you see how fast he actually yeah. is. That's that's the best running scene from that movie. For sure. For sure. Because the other one is just like, I don't know, three years of just him running. But the other one was like he had to get away and he had to break through those braces and right. It had more significance, I think. Uh, my number four. Yeah. Four. Yeah. Uh, I did Silver Linings Playbook. So Bradley Cooper runs with like a garbage bag on and then we and then they run into Jennifer Lawrence's character and they have this like crazy interaction and they kind of run together. And so I just love that. I mean, I love the whole movie, but that running scene is just really funny to me because that's where we really get to know like the characters like just her. She's crazy in a fun way. Crazy. I'm not allowed to say that word anymore, apparently. So she is interesting fast sporadic fascinating chaotic chaotic she's definitely chaotic um i realize now that my number three or two is what your number one's gonna be okay uh my number three is rocky no first one you know is yeah again so if i'm gonna do some like last second honorable mentions the on your left one would have to be one of them and uh, any Creed training sequence that they've done. Obviously. Because he's he's running like crazy. But Rocky's the original and it ends with him running up the stairs. And he yeah. is at the Philadelphia Monument. Sure. He's running up the stairs and like does the fist bump and yes. he's ready for this fight. Yes. Great training sequence. And yeah. the, the original. The original. I like it. I don't have Rocky. Um, my number three brand new movie out seen it twice in the theater already top gun maverick we have classic tom cruise running through the forest i won't tell you why he's running through a forest but he's running through a forest in the snow 
at top speed because that's what he does well. Oh, I was like, I do not know. I did not remember that part until he said snow. Yeah. Back there with you. Yeah. You not? Does it not run in Top Gun? The first one? Uh, Probably not. He's always on a motorcycle. So. He's on a motorcycle. Yeah. Without a helmet. Yes. Which, fine in 1985. Four? Somewhere in that range. Not okay now. No, no, no. Definitely getting pulled over. Yeah, for getting sure. Getting a ticket. Yeah, a little bit. But it's, it's mad. I don't know why, but even my number two is like running in a forest in the snow. Like, I just find that fascinating because I'm like, <coughs> do you know how hard that is? Oh, no, no. Your number one is. Um, I will tell you my number one now because it's Ferris Bueller. Okay. Just the... The pressure, the first time you watch that movie and you get to like, it's pretty much the only, actually, no, there's a lot of like, not tense, but like the, who is he going to get caught? Is he right. going to get caught? Yeah. And that final scene of him running through backyards and everywhere, doesn't run out of gas, pretty much Captain America. And the best part has to be, he runs through this backyard where two girls are tanning yeah. and he goes and like, hi, nice to meet you, I'm yeah. Ferris. <laughs> right. And like, then keeps running. Even, yeah. And yeah, trampoline, there's water, yeah. barbecues. and Don't we run through a house too or at something? Some point. Yeah. And I think it's also my number one because so many movies and shows try to recreate that sequence yes, of that someone trying true. to get to that point of, oh, I'm going to get there by any means necessary. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So what's your number two though? Uh, are you going to wait? I'm going to wait. Okay. I think... So, are, okay. So my number two is born legacy where Jeremy Renner is running in the woods. Remember when he, when he is somewhere in a cabin and they realize where he is and then he's got to run in this forest and it's also in the snow. I don't know. It really impresses me. Snow running. Yeah. Do you know how hard that would be? That'd be right up there with like beach. Like it's so uneven. Right. So. And I think snow is probably more unpredictable than a beach. For sure. Yeah, because like you could get like, you don't know how deep it is. So how do you run? But man, these two, they, they do it and they do it well. So yeah, number number one, I assume is Mission Impossible. It is Mission Impossible, just all of them. <laughs> That's what I said. Just Tom Cruise, Mission Impossible. I will, I will give I you a have, specific one. Okay, well, I do have some. Okay. But you, you go. I, I would say the best one has to be Mission Impossible, not only because it's my favorite one, Ghost Protocol, the Sandstorm is coming. Is this Sandstorm? Yeah. I feel like they had another name for it, but it it's coming. He's running. And honestly, he almost outruns it. Yeah, he does. Then ends up in, in, in the it. Sandstorm and continues and, to run. Yeah, and continues to run. He also has in Mission Impossible 3, he's running through the city with the help with Benji. He's trying to find his his girlfriend wife. I don't know. If, I think they're married at that point. He's trying to help. Remember? And he's just running. Oh, isn't that? I, you said city and I was thinking like New York. Isn't it like? Oh. Be- Beijing. I don't yeah, know. Some over there city. Yeah. So he's running through the city with the help of Benji. I have a sandstorm for Bo's Ghost Protocol. I have Rogue Nation for running to the plane when he's remember when he the very opening scene and he's he's running grass. Yeah. And he's running to get to the plane like that is a crazy to jump on like the wing, the wing of the plane. Yeah. And then he's like, open it. And the whole time Benji's just watching him like, how are you doing that? Open it, Benji. Yeah. And then he ends up just hanging on for dear life onto this plane before Benji opens the door. And then in Fallout, when he's running on top of all the buildings. 
there's like he's that's the one where I remember he broke his foot because he was jumping yeah. from building to building and stuff like that in real life he broke it so and follow yeah so like literally you pick a, a mission impossible movie I'm and sure tom even the cruise first one. tom cruise is running man he is running I feel like people say it's all Tom Cruise movies. I think it's really just Mission Impossible. Like, I'm sure he runs in other movies, but Mission Impossible are the iconic runs. For sure. Yeah, no, those are what he's... But, like, I mean, he can still give her. It's great. Yeah, even... Yeah, Top Gun Maverick. Yeah. Did not look like he was far behind everyone else. He was on that undisclosed scene the beach scene where they do something yeah something something happens we're not allowed to talk about it no definitely not in the trailer right (laughs) we don't want to ruin it for people that's fair it's the best part of the movie it is so good the whole movie's great you gonna see it again i will i loved it i think there's too many like more movies coming out there is now i'm like at a point where i'm like okay that i do have to see other movies bob's burgers movie no not me thor thor yes did you get your tickets yet not yet they already went on sale i know i was looking but i i don't have cineplex saved on my phone like my password and stuff it's only on my laptop and i don't remember it because why would we remember passwords why when we have like forty-seven thousand passwords to remember yeah just have one password one (laughs) universal password for everything (laughs) then we make it easier for the hackers exactly that's so true oh it's fine though yeah uh yeah so next week we're doing uh imc kill it should be killing them softly assuming that hopefully we're gonna, hopefully we get it yes uh and then you're gonna watch inside the bo burnham stand-up yes. special yes got some a lot of musical in there and he also just released a like extended album oh yeah of like all the music that's in it nice and then we're doing i am deep dive yeah and jack's going controversial will smith yep i just i feel like i'm just gonna say this now i'm gonna i think a a part of the i am deep dive is some personal stuff Mm -hmm. i'm gonna leave that out i don't think too i am maybe it's for once because that is the most recent thing we have is not that event but the movie he did Mm mm-hmm I think the conversation can happen after about what happened at that day. But before that, it was just going to be such a triumphant, like Leonardo DiCaprio revenant moment. Yeah, I know. And not saying I feel bad because that's something you do to yourself. Yes. Yeah. But it's still for one of Hollywood's biggest superstars. I'm excited to kind of go into because I'll even mention because, you know, musician. Yeah. as well yeah no i mean he's he's really was well is was however you want to look at it a very beloved person in hollywood and so i think it's going to be nice to hear all of his accomplishments before so hopefully people can move on me included because it's not easy for me when i see what that what happened there it's not an easy thing for me to just forget so i'm looking forward to hearing because i'm sure there's some movies in there I've forgotten about or some so. movies you're going to want to forget about. There's a movie I just thought of when we were talking about this and it'll be mentioned probably by itself because it just, it didn't need to happen. Right. Good. All right. Oh, case. Okay, so got anything else? I got nothing else. All right. Then besides that, we will see you next time. Bye.